Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Let's get back to the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. Yesterday went to the Chai, took in some Creighton practice. How'd they look? Was it crisp? I I, this is, I know I sounded sarcastic, but I actually mean it. <laughs> you you really jumped right on that. I, I had literally been thinking about it since you left yesterday. Really? Yeah. I'm you like, really want to know that I'm bad? Like, yeah, are they crisp? How they look? How they look? <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll say this: Did they go hard or no? Did they, take it easy? they they didn't go. They didn't do too much yesterday. It was it was pretty short. Okay. Um. They did some of their normal stuff, got ready. You know, it's funny. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're in the day before the game, Josh, you work on, you know, specific situations, situational stuff, and you kind of walk through them. I just want to get the look. I want to see what they're going to be doing. You see a cool inbounds play? Well, here's the thing. They're, a lot of times they're not working on their stuff. They're working on the other team's sure. stuff. And so when the question arose, hey, what should we do? what's UConn going to do in late game situation stuff? The answer was, I don't really know. know. They haven't haven't really had that. (laughs) They haven't had any close games, (laughs) late in games. We don't really know what they're going to do. They're kind of a, they're kind of a mystery. You still have past stuff to draw off of and, and they'll be prepared for all of it. But yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a normal Monday get ready for it practice. And, um, it's, Here's, I guess, one more takeaway from that. It's, um, it is, (laughs) it is difficult to simulate UConn. You know, you have practice, you you have scout team players, and plus Mitch Ballock, who you throw in different colored jerseys, and you try and simulate the people that you're going, the look that you're going to get against UConn. But that's the deal with tonight, guys. And we'll talk to, we'll talk about this with uh, Dee Marinas in, in the noon hour. Um, it's both coaches are going to, to do enough to put themselves in really good positions throughout the game. Like the game won't be lost on coaching tonight. It'll be, it'll be won or lost on players and execution. That's pretty much the story. Crane didn't play well last time. They got turned over way too much. They couldn't get into anything on offense. They got to be able to fight through that stuff tonight. And so that's, you know, you could, you could practice the sets and be prepared. They're going to be, but it's kind of about dudes. Kind of about dudes tonight. Does Creighton have enough dudes? Does Creighton's Trey, Alexander, Baylor Shireman, um, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Stephen Ashworth, kind of quado there? Does that line up with Tristan Newton and Cam Spencer and Alex Caravan and Donovan Klingon and Stephon Castle? You know, that that's that's what they have to go against and all the different looks that they throw at you. Um, some stats here. Creighton's two and a half point dogs tonight. Home dogs. Home doggy. Creighton has never beaten the net, the number one team in, in the country. Never beaten the AP number one team in the country. And they are 0 for, 0 for their last, uh, let's see, uh, 
this was in the notes too, but I think Fanta had just tweeted it out as well. Uh, one in twenty. One in twenty against top three teams mm-hmm. in the country. Um, Creighton hasn't had a top ten win since Maui last year when they beat Arkansas, and then everybody got sick. Um, Creighton hasn't beaten a ranked team as a ranked team since Hell in a Cell Part One, UConn last year. At home, and that, that's wild. In that mid fifties game, I know it, it's funny because like Creighton has this, Creighton has a really good resume for the NCAA tournament, um, but they really lack the top. They they lack top end wins. Mm-hmm. They lost at UConn. They lost at Marquette. They didn't play anybody top top end in the non con. Albin was pretty good. The metrics like him, but that's not like a top top win at the moment. So they they haven't had a whole lot of opportunities yet, and they're going to get two more down the stretch here. And that's you know that's what you're thinking about if they take if they win those two games or win one of the two games, then they actually have that. But you can't put them much higher than they already are right now just because, you know, their resume isn't quite strong enough. It's it's a obviously strong NCAA tournament resume, but is it like a top four seed resume? We'll find out in the final five regular season games and in the conference tournament. Uh, on the UConn side, UConn has never beaten Creighton in Omaha. UConn, this is the most amazing one. UConn has not won a top 25 game they've not beaten a top 25 team on the road since 2014 they've won two Mm. national championships since then josh wow they haven't beaten a top 25 team on the road in 10 years that was a con it was multiple conferences ago right they've changed a whole bunch and uh multiple coaches ago and two national championships ago that's kind of a wild one. Many people getting in here and saying that Creighton's best win is Nebraska. Uh, is Creighton's best win Nebraska at this point? When you when you count in home road stuff, like if you're if you're giving more credit to the road win, sure. That is probably true. Okay, that is probably true. Creighton's best win is that. Is that by twenty nine points, mind you? Good, not great. Um, the twenty nine part, but I mean well, the, no, the best, the, the Nebraska part. The uh, yeah, right. The best team they've beaten on on paper is Alabama, um, and that's probably that's probably the answer. The best team they've beaten so far is Alabama, and that okay. took place. You know, way back in yeah. way back in December. So there's a lot to figure out for them. Nebraska's like the 63rd team in the tournament, or something like that, right now. Are they really that close to the bubble? Uh, they're they're one of the last four buys still. What about the what about the Matrix? Sorry, I don't mean to make this about Nebraska. Sorry. Uh, they're a ten on the Matrix. So they're just clear of the last four mm-hmm. in. I think if well if. 11s start to get that right. 11s playing playing games, right? 11s are playing playing okay. games. Two of them anyway. The other two get right. Get straight up into the the old 64 there. So, there's some stats um for tonight. Since the since Creighton has played at the Chai CenturyLink Quest Center 2003-2004, Creighton has only been an underdog at home 21 times. They're an underdog at home tonight. Once a year, on average, tonight will—that's right. Tonight will be game 
352 at the Chai that Creighton has hosted. Okay. Um, and they are a home underdog a little less than 6% of the time. In those games, though, in those 21 games, their outright record is 8-13. and 13. So Beating the expectation. If you believe in the numbers, if you believe in the trends, all that stuff, there, there are, you could... You can make it whichever way you want to make it, um, but there is um, there's there's some precedent there, but there's no precedent for Creighton beating the number one team in the country mm-hmm. tonight. All right, so what do they have to do? Um, yeah, what where what's the the path, the, the weakness in UConn that you're like ja- Creighton oh, can do that? Don't do that. There, there's no Creighton can exploit that. So I guess yes. What is the path? I guess. But here's the thing you have to understand about about UConn right now, and 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 I mean specifically right now, because we'll see them go to the. They might. I saw people asking the question earlier. We might ask this on the show later. But like, would you take UConn versus the field for the national? Like, you always take the field. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I. They could be far and away the best team in the country, and I think they are right now. Far away, far and away, the best team in the country. But I'm not taking the, I'm not taking them against everyone. <laughs> like they have to still win six games in the NCAA tournament in a row to win the national championship, and just the odds are probably in your favor there. So no, I'm not, I'm not taking UConn against the field at this point. But obviously, they they make it closer of a conversation than than you want it to be. And like when you when you talk about what are some weaknesses that they can exploit, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know where you start with that conversation. They're very complete. They can play in a variety of different ways. They'll throw different looks at you. Um, I will say that that Creighton did a really good job in stores on the defensive end against him. They just have to be more comfortable in getting into their stuff. Um, you've seen Creighton get off to kind of some slow starts over the last. They've they've had these like five minute spurts where yeah. it's just like, hmm, hmm. I do not know. I, 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 that won't win you any games. They take that first segment of the game before that first media timeout, and you, then just, they get yelled at in that media timeout, and they're like, okay. Well, you just don't feel very good about that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't feel very good about that tonight. Everything everything matters in a game like this because there's no doubt. I mean, I, I do not think these two teams – I guess we'll see how it plays out, but like, I wouldn't view them on the same tier. At the moment, I think UConn's at least a tier above everybody else. Right. At this it, would, point. it would be so an you're, upset. So tonight. you're punching up, right? right. You're, you're mm-hmm. punching up. In order to punch up, you're going to have to play well. You're going to have to do some things that you, I don't know if they're outside of your comfort zone, but you're just going to have to play well. The last time they played there, they turned the ball over nonstop. They let up too many offensive rebounds. They couldn't get into their stuff on offense. They couldn't do anything. And you, UConn completely, you know, shut them down. I think you know. In order to combat that stuff, you you do want to get out into transition a little bit. Creighton's been just absolutely surgical in transition lately against teams who either a defend it well or do it well. And Creighton's just really been good in the in the transition game, getting out, going, understanding where everybody's supposed to be, starting the break, and and going from there. But it'll be hard to do that. Because um, they have the personnel that could sort of match whatever your you know whatever your your look is, and so you know if you're not able to do that much and you're not able to get going and not able to get into your stuff and if it all fails, you got to have more from Ryan Ryan Kalkbrenner in this game. That means getting him the ball more. I think he only shot the ball five times in Creighton's loss 
against UConn last time out. It's got to be more. Got to be more touches. I do think defensively they'll hang right in there. Um, and then, you know, then you start asking the question, all right, can they get on that? Uh, I was, somebody was in town visiting yesterday who was a, was a friend of one of the players, and he was sort of asking about the building and the arena. And I was like, well, what we haven't seen much of this year is the building really providing this extra, extra boost for the home team. And it only happens when Creighton hits this, you know, three stop, three stop, you know, and then they could hit the, like the avalanche breaking three, you know, the eight Oh runs, the 12 Oh runs. We just, we haven't seen much of that this year. So can you even the playing field with what the energy will be in the crowd tonight? Um, and if so, you got a chance. Like, I, I mean, you could go matchup to matchup too. They'll be interesting. I think there's some areas where Creighton, you know, can can make some, can do some things. Um, but there's some guys that I'm obviously worried about too. I, I mean, I, and to be exact, it's it's everybody. Um, you know, Tristan Newton versus Trey Alexander, um, and then you know Klingon and Kalkbrenner and Castle and Shireman and Spencer and. Ashworth going up against each other and then you have to sort of I think there will be a little bit probably more Jason Green tonight if if you get into a game that looks hell in a celly right stuff like that so like I said I think Creighton is in as good a position as they have been all season because of the way that they're playing how can you carry that into the game tonight will ultimately be the question how much does UConn just by being themselves shut down that mojo that Creighton is playing with right now. And and they know it's a big game. You know, being being around mm-hmm. like they they understand the magnitude of it. They they practiced in the gym yesterday that had the pom poms on the on the seats and you know it'll be cool with the they, stripe out and all that stuff. Tonight. Ready. Yeah. Yeah, they're ready to go. So um I don't know. I um I, I like their chances. I I like where this game sits on the schedule. And they took care of business okay. over the weekend and beat a team on the road that they've had they've had a tough place winning or a tough time winning in that place at Hinkle. Um I just like how they're playing right now. So what happens? How good are you? I, I want to find out the answer to the question, how good actually are you? It's a barometer. And in game. order to do that, you have to play well. Like You're you right. have you have to play well. That that's we don't have that question answered yet. Because last time these two teams played, Creighton played like garbage. And so tonight we get to find out how much of that was the responsibility of UConn and how much of that was the responsibility or the irresponsibility, I guess, of Creighton. I in, I don't recall a lot of court stormings in that building before. Uh, I was uh, just talking about this with somebody the other day. Um, I remember Long Beach State. Is that a bracket buster game? Uh, yeah, yeah, game like that sounded like one. Um, and I, there's probably only been probably a Wichita State in there somewhere. There's probably maybe. only been like a handful. Yeah, uh, Matt would be a good person to ask about this because I'm sure he's been to just about every game at the at the Chai since they've been there. I, I, it's probably it's probably a handful or less. Would this warrant? I would think so. That's why I asked. I don't know, though. Creighton. Creighton those, old, those old folks don't like to storm the court. Well, I, and I don't think they would. 
the Creighton really views itself as um I, I don't a blue blood seems strong, but like Creighton Creighton is six and two against UConn all time. You know, it's not like you're slaying the giant Goliath of college basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like if Duke came in here and they were number one or if, or, you know, something like that. It just it doesn't feel the same because of the familiarity you've had recently with the team and the amount of success that you've had against them. And I know there are different beasts this year and they won the national championship last year. Um, like, But, you know, even in those early days of the Big East, I don't, I don't recall Creighton storming the court against Villanova. I don't, I don't you either. Know? Um, and and for a long time, the, the that, was the, game that, the, that was the the Big East, the Big East title game, uh-huh. where everybody got COVID. <laughs> you know, the first super spreader. That was fun. Yeah, I was just sitting listening to you and going, I don't. What if if they won? It would warrant a court storming, I think. But I don't recall that happening a ton. Oh, they can, they kind of view themselves as um uh, above that. I, above that seems like. Collegiate shenanigans. No, I mean, they have they have their fair amount of collegiate shenanigans. That's for sure. They have a they have a rowdy student student section when it really gets going. But like, I think they just view themselves on the same plane as UConn, mm-hmm. right? Maybe a lot. Like I said, maybe a lot of it is just the familiarity with them. Uh, yeah, Seton Hall, Seton Hall game twenty twenty win the regular season in a court storm and the world shut down. I saw that. I saw that uh, that highlight going around yesterday. Um and. Uh, they, as I was in, I was in Chicago, actually, I was watching that game. I probably brought COVID back with me <laughs> and, um, I was, I was sitting outside of Wrigley field and I was watching it in a sports bar and I don't remember this part of it, but like, obviously the DJ dunk at the beginning on, on mom, like, you know, that, that whole day was, it was a hell of an experience in it. And, you know, one of the loudest that the crowd has ever been just really smelling a big East championship, but Zagorowski got hurt in the game. And so when Creighton wins and they and they kind of storm the court and they, um, you know, they Billy Blue Jays standing on top of the hoop and everything. They're alien Billy standing on top of the hoop. They're doing everything. They immediately cut to Marcus Zagorowski, <laughs> who is like, uh-huh. you know, getting help from his. And, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is a great moment. But uh, what are what is this team without Marcus Zagorowski? Uh-huh. Are they going to they're going to probably be a two seed, three seed in the NCAA tournament. And expected to go a long way, but I, it happened to him again. They lost another guy. Uh, Sicilian Stiletto has sent us photographic evidence of that game. Mm-hmm. And it's a smaller, um, it's it's a smaller student section, right? So they can all get out there pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Not many from the like. If you're if you're sitting in the bull area where you're going to get the pom poms tonight, there's. Uh, there's no access to the court. Like you can't, you just straight up can't get there. Um, oh, here we go, Bob. Let's go. Oh, what's he called you today? What's what's his name for you? Uh, today he went with Cooter. <laughs> it's a great bit. Crane's best. I agree. By the way, <laughs> Crane's best wins are Alabama at Seton Hall, at Butler, and a tie with that Nebraska. If you watch hoops and don't just look at the net rankings, you got to say Seton Hall win is a better win than at Pinnacle. Thanks, Bob. P.S. I've hooked up my karaoke system and we'll be singing one shining moment if Creighton wins tonight. <laughs> well, you, I, you and Bob I, got a little thing going on. I, 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 I like the, uh, the the casual, you know, barbing from mm-hmm. from Bob. I do I do watch college basketball and I did watch all of those games. And yeah, I, I, 
just going off of what I do look at the net rankings and I do look at the Kempom and I do look at what the metrics say because everybody else does. Right? Because everybody is looking at all like that that win at Seton Hall in triple overtime was super impressive in the way that they were playing at the time. They were at the top of the Big East. That was an incredible win from Creighton. Right. But like that's not how wins are viewed in the resume world that we live in. No. That's that, that's not how that's not how wins it was an incredible win. And it took a Herculean effort to do it, and they had to fight through all this garbage to do it, including Evan Burroughs and bad officiating. But that's not how that's not how wins are viewed. Do I think Seton Hall's better than Nebraska? Yes. They yes, don't. Do. They don't really take into account circumstance. No. No. Not unless unless a major contributor is out yeah. for the game or something like that. Uh, Johnny Milson. Hi, John. So Creighton is the team that. Acts like they've been there before. Is that part of the Blue Jay protocol? No, I, I think tonight would warrant a court storming. I, have fun. I think. I think. Yeah, you beat the number one team in the country for the first time in school history. Yeah. Everybody thinks UConn's a wagon right now. I do. I think there is some buzz about this game nationally because of the way that Creighton is playing. Obviously because of the way that UConn is playing and they've been a Death Star and they've wrecked everybody in their path. Over the last couple of weeks here. Did you see what they did to Marquette? I They defiled Marquette. Do I need to put the graphic back they, up there? Go ahead. Do it. There it is. That's what they did to Marquette they, this weekend. They threw that guy who his back looks like Guy Fieri <laughs> off the top of the cage. Who is that guy? That is Rikishi. Oh, Rikishi. I remember Rikishi. Yeah, you do. That's from my era, Josh. There you go. And there's the Undertaker on top. And uh, Rikishi ends up landing on a flatbed truck full of uh, dirt or something, I believe. And then they just bury him afterwards? Uh, I think so. Something like I that. love that move. That's a great uh-huh. That's a great bit by the Undertaker. He's. <laughs> I'm going to throw him directly into his grave, his eternal resting place. He loves that character, man. It's a great bit. Great bit. But, yeah, they wrecked Marquette. And so, obviously, there's an interest in in what UConn is doing right now. But UConn, with the timing, the way they're playing, going on the road against Creighton, and there, it just feels like two, um, you know, two really, really good teams with great personnel up against and good coaches up against each other tonight. No mom. I don't. Uh, let me let me check the total. By the way, on this, I haven't I haven't looked. I saw the two and a half, and then I just sort of looked away. Oh, I haven't asked you. What's your little Ken Palm thingy say about tonight? Hold on, hold on. I'll get there. Uh, Let's go with 145 and a half. 145 and a half is the total. And that's that's about 73 points apiece. Yeah, I I don't think we're looking to be in the 50s like we were last year. No. I don't think we're looking to be in the 50s. Like, Light I, it up. Ultimately, I do think the the shot-making and the playmaking kind of takes over tonight. I think we get a great game out of this. Well, I hope we get a great game. At least that's the hope. Little My little Ken Palm thing, Josh, or as I like to say, my little Ken Palm. Somebody somebody actually messaged me about that yesterday, and they were like, why, does it, why do I hear you saying it in the cadence of my little pony? Because that's how I'm doing it. <laughs> Uh, says UConn seventy three, Creighton seventy one. Okay, good game. Good game. Not the outcome. Is I'm a good game for. enough? It kind of is actually. I, isn't I, it? I, I, uh, okay, I was gonna say, yeah, I kind of think it is. No moral victories, no, you can, but no, you people always say no moral victories. <laughs> I love moral victories. Moral victories are awesome. 
<laughs> if they win it on a shot late, I'm like, perfect. <laughs> no, I guess not perfect. But if, if if UConn wins it on a shot late, no like doesn't that prove to you that Creighton is at, at least within striking distance of that caliber of team who everybody considers to be the, the runaway best team in the country right now? Where they're legitimately asking on the front page of ESPN.com, would you take UConn or the field right now? And it's a reasonable question to ask. I would like to see both teams play a good game of basketball. And if Creighton can hang, that is great confidence heading into the final few games and then the Big East tournament and the national tournament. But like I said, I don't think you got to worry about moral victories tonight. I think they're going to get a real one. I, think I, lo- get- I love your confidence. You have not wavered off of this. Maybe a maybe a hair. Like if you're, you know, if you're if you're looking to take the over or the under, maybe I shade a hair to the under. Oh, tonight taking, taking the undies. I shade, I shade that direction, but I don't know that I would bet it one way or the other. I think that we're going to get two good teams um, going up against each other in, in a pretty good Titanic battle. Connor Titanic saying Johnson. take <laughs> GBR. Yep. Uh, Connor saying take the Creighton money line plus 125. Tonight. I am. I am saying that. Now's the time. If but, you just want Creighton to cover the two and a half, minus 104. Okay. Mm, that's pretty good price. Pedro. Hi, Pedro. On the text line. Hi, guys. Will he be there tonight? Almost for sure. Unless he says otherwise in this text. I hope when Creighton beats UConn, there is no court Whoa. storming. We expect them when they we expect them to win when they come to CHI. They are not that good here, so that would upset them more if there is no court storming. I oh, lo- I like that. I love the reverse. I like that galaxy there. brain. Yeah, that's good. You're not. You're not. Worth you're a court not storming. worthy of a court storming, Dan Hurley. Go yell at somebody else. <laughs> have you ever seen? He was on uh, SVP last night. Hurley was. Hmm. Have you Have you ever watched him do interviews or press conferences? And... Not in a calm scenario. No, I've seen him do those sideline interviews or whatever. Exactly. He, when when you get him in front of a microphone in a room and it's not in the middle of the game, he seems like a he seems like the most reasonable guy on planet Earth. Oh really? Yeah. Hmm. He's he's very quiet. You know, he's very. Um, I, I I think he's trying to send a message to his team. As you've seen in these games, he's he's still getting after them when they're, you know, pounding Marquette into submission. I am not a psychopath. He, yes, he's trying to convince the world that he's not a psychopath. But uh, I think that's what he's had to do with this team a little bit. He's had to sort of, you know, make it very clear to them, hey, it's our standard, you know, because they kind of are the best team in the country right now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's our standard. Playing against ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. So he was on SVP last night, and he was just – he was sitting in a hotel ballroom probably here in Omaha, and he was just very, very calmly taking it through the season. Oh, we don't want to crown ourselves, you know, all this stuff. And – um SVP's trying to like heap heap a whole bunch of praise onto his back, and he's just like, "Oh, we've 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 done a lot of good things so far." That's for other people to say. <laughs> yeah. oh, we do have uh, Creighton scheduling news. Oh, do we? We do. Uh, the final game of the season at Villanova has always been TBD mm. on the time. It will be a one thirty tip against oh, Villanova on good. the last that way, day of the season. Uh, perfect time for Eric Dixon to drop. Seven threes, and I mean, that's absolutely happening. 
It is a Creighton has this. Creighton has this. They might be UConn tonight, but they have they have this thing with Villanova. As long as Eric Dixon is there, it's just not going to happen for him. I'm sorry. It is a Big East quadruple header on Fox March 9th. So they Marquette and UConn play again, right? They play that day. Uh, no, Marquette plays Xavier. UConn plays Providence. I don't. I don't. Okay. They might play again. Okay. No, I could check that. before then. Don't worry about that. But yeah, I, I I know they backloaded the schedule on purpose mm-hmm. just so they could get a lot of this. Yeah. So they backloaded it, but I don't think they backloaded it correctly. I don't see the one matchup where you're like, well, okay, they put Villanova in there. This is for everything. They well, UConn and Marquette play on the last on the uh, on the last Wednesday, that last week. Oh, okay. UConn and Marquette play then. You know, Creighton and Marquette play on the on the second to last Saturday. Creighton and they set it up where Creighton would play Villanova. They thought Villanova would be in it and doesn't look like they will be. Um and then so it, it as a result of that, nobody thought Seton Hall would be in this race. You know who Seton Hall gets on the last day of the regular season? You guessed it. DePaul. That's right. At home for Seton Hall. That's right. Now, it's not like the rest of their schedule is easy, but they get the Paul on the last day. I, for the record, I don't think anybody else is in the in the conference race right now. I mean, UConn's what a, a win and then a Marquette loss away from clinching it already. Like I don't think anybody else is in that, but playing for playing for seating at this point, and Creighton can certainly put their stamp on uh, on second place tonight. And Baylor Shireman could, um really get his you know make some hay tonight on conference player of the year that's right if if Creighton were to win one of the big three would have to have a really nice night I imagine and that would get noticed against the number one team in the country Tristan Newton is your player of the year right now Mm -hmm. but he Baylor you know Baylor Shireman um could Maybe pull ahead or pull even or whatever it might be tonight with a with a good performance and a and a Creighton win, of course. So that's what's on the line. Just a few things. Uh, Sean emails in or tweets in. Excuse me. Hi, Sean. You know who likes moral victories? Losers. Ooh. Disagree. I love moral victories, and I'm a winner. <laughs> Actually, I'm probably a loser, but <laughs> I I I think I'm an adult enough to understand the difference between a win and a moral win. Right, right. I like as long as long as we all understand that. Hey, I know it's not a win, but in that game, like it, it's it's the same thing with Creighton right now. So look at them, and this is what I've been saying for the last couple weeks. They have won six out of their last eight since UConn, and they lost the two in the middle against Butler and Providence. But they played fine in those games, and it's been like this sort of. Step-by-step step escalating, they sort of a- have added a thing each game to this. And so I would say over the last eight, they've played really well, even during those two, and those two losses didn't set them back. Like, I, I don't think losing against Butler at home, I'm not telling you that's a moral victory, but I'm telling you that th- they weren't derailed by it. Some teams get derailed by losing. That's what losers do. They get derailed when one thing doesn't go their way, and they played well enough, or they didn't play well enough. You know what I mean? St. John's, maybe, maybe Wisconsin. They're, maybe they're included. Maybe, maybe they're included in the conversation too. All right, so fun one tonight. We'll have more on it as we uh, go on throughout. I'm still looking at the FanDuel sportsbook, and it still says Creighton plus two point five. So uh, 
There's your one versus 15 tonight, the game of the night in college basketball in Omaha. Uh, coverage starts at 6 o'clock. Well, like I said, we'll be going all day long. Uh, John will probably be in his jail cell for the show, so he'll be on site. And uh, the tip-off is at 7.30 on The Zone and Decay, 101.9 Decay, if you want to listen on Crystal Clear FM. We'll come back. Alan Bell will join us. We'll see if he if he wants to bet Creighton tonight. Oh, good question. College baseball, food. We'll, uh, we'll let, give Alan Bell a microphone and we'll let him roll. Next on the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.